Views expressed here are not supported by and do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewer's discretion is advised. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Live Out of Three Sports Podcast on the Evening Rush Network. This is uh, Coach Matt. Checking in with my main man Ty. What's going on, Ty? How have you been? I'm good, man. How you been? Good, man. You know, good. Just uh trying to catch up. Uh on a you know, March Madness is in full swing. You know, we we were first full day was last week when we were on last, and you know, so we had a full weekend of it, and it's back starting again tonight, uh the sweet 16. So it's uh it's an exciting time. So um, yeah, but uh, before we get started on on that, why don't you uh, let the people know how they can uh, follow us and, and continue to support the program and um, get all the updates and um, yeah, keep getting the good content. You can follow us on Instagram at Live by the Three Sports Podcast, uh, all streaming networks, Amazon Fire Stick, anywhere where there's internet streaming services you can find us at. Yep, yeah, please follow the YouTube page. Please uh, check us out on the Evening Rush Network and please download that app, uh, not just to follow our program, but also stay in touch with the, all the, the other shows on the Evening Rush Network. A lot of good content, um, different varieties of, um, you know, on the channel that you can, you know, get your fix of, um, you know, good content, music, you know, entertainment, um, talk. So, yeah, uh, please subscribe to the um, the app and um yeah, continue to support. Um, so yeah, why don't we get right into it? So March Madness, it's um, you know, that time of year. We're down to the Sweet 16 now. Um, you know, got some teams that advanced. Um, so we didn't talk about um when we were on, we didn't get a chance to talk about FDU, who made a, you know, they won their first four game. I think it was Thursday um when we were on. No, I'm sorry, it must have been uh either Tuesday or Wednesday. And then they got in the um, you know, get into the round of 64, and then you know. Upset Purdue. Did you get a chance to ch check out that game or any of the highlights at least? Let's check out the highlights. But yeah, did they get in? How did they get in? They got in because somebody else couldn't get in or something? Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's an interesting story. So what happened is they, I want to say, but they they did finish like either second and third in their conference in the Northeast Conference. And they advanced in the tournament. But Merrimack, which is a school that is still in the process of transitioning. So they are um, Division One. And they have been what's that they're not eligible yet right they're not eligible to go to the ncaa tournament they're still in their probation period or, or whatever they call it so they are not eligible to go to the ncaa tournament. So they ended up playing them in the championship game and they lost but it didn't matter so actually from what i heard when fdu um won their semifinal game they actually celebrated and cut down the nets and did the whole thing because they knew that their matchup with Merrimack, even though that technically they were playing for the championship, that the game didn't really have, you know, I mean, yes, technically, I guess Merrimack is the, um, you know, won the championship, but they knew that they couldn't advance to the NCAA tournament. So once after you won their semifinal game, they actually celebrated um, the fact that they knew they were going to the NCAA tournament because their opponent was Merrimack. So kind of a weird story um, how that worked out. Um, you know, I coached against um, uh, Coach Tobin Anderson, who was at FDU, and a few of the guys that were on FDU's team were transfers from um, from um, St. Thomas Aquinas, where he was a coach um, last season. So he did a great job in his first season. They won four. FDU won four games 
last year. And um, he ended up getting them, you know, two NCAA wins. And then <laughs> a couple of days later, he um, Rick Pitino goes to Iona and then he becomes the coach of Iona when Rick Pitino goes to St. John's. So, you know, credit to him and his team Thanks. and the players. Yeah, yeah, it happens fast. So, you know, he went from Division two, um two years ago to a, a couple NCAA tournament wins and then, you know, gets another, you know, another opportunity in Division one. So. Um, yeah, you know, but college basketball, college athletics. So so that was a big upset. And they're saying because of where they were ranked, because um, they weren't the conf they weren't the regular season champion. They weren't the officially they weren't the conference champion. And they ended up being a 16 seed. And Purdue was the number one overall seed, I believe. So they're saying that it technically that they feel is the bigger upset um, of all time even over UMBC because um, UMBC, um, you know, won their conference tournament. So, you know, they're basically saying, you know, FDU was even, you know, um, a low, I don't want to say lower caliber team, but, you know, less, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but, you know, let, you know, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, so, um, so that, you know, their win was even more impressive and, you know, listen, just like we talked about last week, you know, those guys went right at Purdue. They played with no fear. You know, they, they took him out of their element, you know, did, you know, the, the big kid Edie was, you know, doing his thing a little bit, but they made their guards really uncomfortable and played their style of game. And, you know, a little bit of that elephantitis thing, right? You know, like, you know, elephant, you know, allegedly are scared of mice because they can't see them when they're scurrying around their feet, you know, type. Of thing. So, you know, it's a little bit of that, you know, with these little dudes are running around out there. Big dudes don't know how to react to it, you know, or they're just too slow to react to it. But it's, you know, balls in the basket before they have a chance to react. So, um, so there was that, you know, um, you know, a couple of other, you know, lower seeds advanced. Um, we can go through it a little bit. Um, but um, but yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting story with um with with FDU. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's you know, college athletics, man. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy business. Um, yeah, so the big thing is too, and um, you know, we talked a little bit about the um, the coaching carousel, um, and you know, since we touched on that, you know, we'll jump back into the scores. But since we touched on that, um, Rick Pitino, um, as we saw, you know, you know, been at Iona, I want to say the last three or four seasons, can't remember, um, and he is now the head coach of St. John's. He accepted. They, um, I want to say Iona lost on. Friday, maybe, and he got named the coach Sunday or Monday. I think he met with St. John's on Sunday, and then they had the press conference Monday morning. So it happened kind of quick. Um, Isn't homeboy? I heard Red Homeboy is suing the way he got fired, right? He is. He is. Yeah. Um, St. John's is claiming that um, they fired him with cause, not just for not winning enough games, and they're trying to highlight some things that he did not. Um, I I don't know, man. It's you know. Obviously, there's two sides to a story. It's messy. I don't know who's right, who's wrong, but yes, they are trying to fire him with cause so they don't have to pay him the money that he is owed on his contract, which is unfortunate. Obviously, they have their side of things. He has his side of things. Maybe it's a negotiating ploy. Maybe they're like, okay, you know, we owe, I think, because I heard the number, I think they owe him maybe like $11 million because he had like two years left on his deal. And so maybe they're trying to say, OK, we want to fire you with cause he, you know, so we pay you nothing. He wants all of his money, obviously, as he should, because that's what the contract stipulates. But maybe it's a negotiating thing where it's like, all right, we don't want to pay you anything. You want it all. Maybe we meet somewhere, 
you know, maybe not exactly in the middle 50-50, but it ends up being less than what they're on the hook for. And um, that's the the way they're going to try to go about it, which is unfortunate, especially if what they're saying is the cause is not true um, or just very shaky at best and try, you know, because he didn't. Go ahead. They saying they saying for failing to encourage African standards, mm-hmm. not properly supervising his assistants, and not doing his job in a way that reflects positively on St. John. Right, right. So I mean, you know, obviously, you know, things happen, man. Like you know, behind the scenes, you know, that's any college basketball, that's any program, regardless of the level. Things happen behind the scenes. You know, I, I can't say that. You know, like I said, I'm not there every day. I don't know what St. John's position is. Obviously, you know, Mike Anderson just feels he deserves all of his money as he should. And he signed a contract. So, you know, so, hey, listen, you don't want him as a coach anymore. Pay him. But, <laughs> you know, and they got to, you know, that, you know, at that level, they have dudes that can just, you know, pay it off or a few dudes, you know, pull their money together and pay it off. You want to go in the different direction? Go ahead. But pay the man his money. Like how much do you for? I did not sign that. I'm sorry. I did not see um, what the amount was, but you know, he's listen. He's a Hall of Famer, man, and he's one of the best to ever do it. So you know, I know he didn't come cheap. I know he didn't have to. You know, he didn't have to move. And you know, he's made a lot of money in his career. Maybe he didn't stick him all the way up for you know what he could have gotten. And maybe he said, okay, yeah, I'll take this, but I still want this amount of money, but put it more towards the program and what we're trying to do whether it's facility upgrades or the way they travel or assistance budgets, you know, so that all of that I'm sure goes into the negotiating um, deal, but you know, Rick likes his suits, man. And know he's got a lot of them. He's been collecting them, but you know, he likes his suits. He likes to, you know, his wine, he likes his Italian restaurants. He likes, you know, he lives on a golf course. So, you know, listen, and he's earned it, man, dude, you know, he's one in my lifetime, as far as, you know, watching coaches to me, he's, top two or top three if not number one he he's really good man really 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 good coach you know yes he gets good players but there's also times where he develops guys that people didn't see coming you know it's not that every year he has the best of the best he really develops guys they get better you know great strategists before the game in-game coaching you know patino's really good so i think st john's you know i think it's a great hire for st john's i believe that, that he will do really well there um really really well because he's won everywhere he's been and and he's good he's very 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 good coach you you know uh shameless plug umass grad so you know that that's uh that that they're you know got that connection too so i'm looking to looking forward to see what he did you know i met you know met mike anderson once and he was gracious enough to uh you know have us come over to um uh, to play St. John's uh, in an exhibition game a few years ago when he got the job. And actually, as crazy as it is, St. John's and Queens College are only a mile and a half away from each other. But it was the first time they had ever played, you know, in any format, exhibition game, whatever. So, you know, a little history, you know, being made there. And, and he, you know, blessed us with that. So I'm always appreciative uh, to him for that. And um, who yeah. won the game? Uh, St. John's did. St. John's did. But you know what? It was, what's that? Was it close? Not close score wise, but at, I felt I did not feel that we that game, we did not back down. I think we got it, you know, and there was a point in the second half where we had cut it to eight, I think. And we were like, you know, we were rumbling with them for, you know, a good, you know, a good amount of time. And then, you know, the high level kind of jumped up a little bit. But but I never felt like our kids backed down. They, you know, we gave it everything we had. Did we play perfect? No. But, you know, I think we, you know, we we. 
we comported ourselves well. You know, we, it wasn't an embarrassment by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we I'm not going to say we held our own, but, you know, we went right at them and, you know, competed. And, yeah, I was I was very proud of my team that day because in those type of games, you don't know how they're going to react to that, you know, that spotlight and that, you know, environment and stuff like that. And I was really proud that, you know, we went in, we went right at them. We played, we didn't back down. We had some highlights, you know, guys, you know, stepped up and, and made plays. And um, like I said, just didn't back down. So as a coach, I'll take that, you know, if we go in there, no fear and play and the other teams better than us. I'll take that any day of the week. They got no complaints from me um, after that was over. So I was proud of them. Let me ask you this. Just all yeah. So a lot of times you hear people say the game was a lot closer than what the score. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm like, is it like. Well, because, because, you know, well. Is it like you start out down 20 and then from then, from that point on, it's just a tough game? Right. Right. There's, there's different factors of, I mean, a lot of it, honest, obviously is the eye test, right? Like if you, if you watch a game, because sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's games where the score was close, but realistically, you knew the other team just hadn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, to me, it's the eye test. So, like, if you say, yeah, the, the score did, wasn't a true indicator of how the game went, you know, sometimes it could be, yeah, like you was with them the whole time, but you couldn't make a shot. So the other team, the score goes up or you're with them the whole time and can't make a free throw, you know. So that's why the score, you know, went the way, you know. So it's different ways that that can happen. You know, sometimes you watch a game and like I said, you know, a team might only lose by eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 points. But you like, listen, man, they just got outclassed the whole time and they, they had no chance. So really, I think, yeah, the. <laughs> the numbers never lie and the box score is what it is. Right. Like you can't run away from that. It's in black and white. But sometimes just the way the flow of the game goes or just from the, you know, just watching the game, you can say, yeah, they were in it. It just you know, got away from them at certain points where they couldn't, you know, cut the lead down or, and it ballooned a little bit, but you know, you can, you can rumble guys, you know, I mean, cause, cause like, it's, it's like anything, right? Like you could be playing in a game and your starting five might be able to keep it close with their starting five. But if their bench guys are way better than your bench guys, then that's where the game can get, a, you know what I mean? So it might be say, okay, so say it goes like that. You're playing your starters and then you're right there with them. But then either guys get in foul trouble, they get tired. And now you have to bring your your bench guys in. And then that's where the score balloons. So the score is still what it is. But when you put your guys, your main guys back in the game, if they're going toe to toe with them. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's an example of the game. The score may not indicate it because when you have your best players in, they might be you know right there with them. But just when you had to go to your bench or whatever, that's where um, the game got out of hand. So, I mean, there's different ways to look at it. You know, a win is a win, a loss is a loss. You know, you don't, you know, you can't make excuses and there's no, um, what do they call that? Um, um, I don't know why it's leaving me today, but, uh, the, uh, you know, there's no such thing as, I mean, I guess sometimes you can have a good loss, you know, but um, moral victories, that's the word I was looking for. So, you know, moral victories can and not exist. But yeah, you know, I was proud of my team that, like I said, we went in there, we did not back down, we didn't show any fear. And, you know, we went toe to toe with those guys and, and they, you know, stepped it up with their talent as they should, you know, but you know, that, that's all you can ask for, man. If your, your kid's going in, you know, I always tell them, you know, it's unfortunate you have to say it, right, because we had some incidents this year in college sports with uh, and pro sports too. But I always tell guys, listen, 
when you step in between the lines, you, you can be pretty sure that nobody has a gun out there. So there's no reason to be afraid. Just go out there and play basketball and whatever happens, happens. You know, you know, there's no reason to be afraid. It's a basketball game. Just just hoop and see what happens. Okay. Kansas State up by two. Are they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kansas State is good, man. That uh Jerome Tang, he's done a good job, man. He was an assistant for a long time at Baylor. And you never know how those situations change when guys move from the you know assistant um being assistant coach to a head coach, but he's done a great job. Great job. Did you see um that when um after Kansas State beat Kentucky? And I guess um Coach Calipari was in the um press conferences and uh Actually, Kansas State has a, a point guard uh, by the name of Marquise Noel, who's actually a New York kid. Went mm-hmm. to Bishop, uh, he's not, I don't think he's from Brooklyn, but he went to Bishop Lachlan for a few years and then he transferred, um, you know, transferred to a couple of Division I schools. And now he's at, um, Mark, um, at Kansas State playing really well, really, really, really well. And um, after the game was over, I guess Coach Cal, I don't think he meant any harm by it, but, you know, he was saying, oh, the little kid, the little kid. And he's only like five eight or whatever, um, but he played well. And they, from I didn't actually see that game, but from the reports, they said he was balling. And I guess the young man, I'm about to say the kid, young man, took exception to what Cal was saying. And then some of the assistant coaches stepped up and went on social media and saying, you know, this, that, and the third. Like, why are you referring to him as that? And it kind of turned not a huge thing, but it turned into a little bit of a thing that they felt that Coach Cal was um, disrespectful. And um, uh, from what I understand, he reached out to the young man, uh, Marquise Noel, you know, with a phone call and said, hey, I apologize. You know, you're a great player. I didn't mean anything by it. And then Marquise Noel went on to um, his social media and say, hey, just letting everybody know Coach Cal uh, reached out. You know, we're good. You know, no hard feelings. You know, that type of thing. So, you know, that, that you know, and you like to see that, you know, that'll bring us around to, you know, another topic about people showing contrition. Right. And, and admitting when they make a mistake and not doubling down on it and not continuing to, you know, say things that are incorrect. And, you know, when you do that, you may not always be forgiven or you may not always be able to right the wrongs. But to me, that that's a big thing to admit, you know, when you've made a mistake and, and um, you like to see that. Um, okay. So. Seven and four minutes. What is it now? Kansas State up seven with four minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit. My Google's a little slow because mine says five minutes. They're up five. So, yeah. And the UConn's up big on Arkansas. They're up seventeen at halftime. UConn's another one, man. They're good. They're good. They got a complete. Are they team. really good? They are, man. You know, they get that. They're really good guard that shoots that thing, shoots it. Um, and then they have a really good big guy. That's, um, you know, so they have that inside outside thing and they got good role players. Their guys come in like what it seems when I when I watch UConn, they have the two guys and it really seems like the other guy. You know, they have the two guys that their go to guys. But what what I see with them is really no ego. The the guys that are role players, they come in and they do what they do. The guys that are supposed to shoot, they shoot. The guys are supposed to handle the ball and get the ball to their two top guys. They do that. Guys that are just supposed to come in and screen and rebound, they do that. You know, so it's um, you know, interesting. Um, you know, they, they they have a good good thing going. So, um, so yeah, that's um, and then we got two more games tonight. We got Florida Atlantic, who, you know, they're the darling right now. You know, they're on the run. Florida Atlantic, a nine seed, and um, you know, smaller program. Um, in stature, they got Tennessee tonight. That game's at nine, and then you got Gonzaga, UCLA, a West Coast powerhouse matchup on the. It's a good game. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be a good game. 
two big, good big guys too in that game. Two well, he got 14 guys. and 14. Marcus Noel got 14 points. Yeah. Yes. Good man. It's a good player. Good, 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 tough, good, tough player. You know, throwback New York City guard. You know what that's about. You know what it is, right? So, um, so yeah, and then on, then some. So we got some really good games coming up tonight. Florida Atlantic has been, been the giant killer against Tennessee. We'll see what they can do. And then Gonzaga UCLA. That's a you know big time one. Then tomorrow we got San Diego State against Alabama. I want to touch on something that we could rock with that a little bit. And then you got Miami against Houston. Houston's been playing great. Princeton against Creighton. Princeton, you know, they're in the Sweet 16. You know, they're rolling. And then you got Xavier against Texas um, tomorrow night. So some primetime matchups and big-time matchups. So did you see what uh, Nick Saban said in his press conference? So apparently Nick Saban had one of his incoming recruits um, get caught up in some legal trouble. They found, uh, I think he got pulled over and in the car they found, you know, marijuana, which, you know, state to state, you know, the laws are different, but they said they found a lot of weight on him and they found scales and they found um, um, gun, I believe. So, you know, he's being charged with, um, you know, intention to distribute and, and all of that. So once that came to light, Nick Saban cut ties and say, hey, that's it. You know, you're out. You know, you're not, you know, you're done. You know, you're not going to be a part of this program. And so I guess when he had a press conference, he was asked about it. And he didn't mention the basketball team specifically, but he made a comment to the effect of there's no such thing as the wrong place at the wrong time. Basically, like, look, man, you get caught up in some stuff because you're hanging around the wrong people and doing the wrong things. It is what it is. You should pay the penalty for that and and everybody moves on and so people took that as a shot at alabama basketball so he didn't try to clarify it either way <laughs> either way to say yes i was talking about them no i am not talking about them you know i don't know if they had previous friction between you know i don't know if uh nate oates and sabin get along i you know i don't know the dynamics of that you would think if they did even if Saban had those feelings about what transpired, that he wouldn't air it out like that. Or maybe he's that type of dude and he would and just doesn't care. I don't know. But, you know, so I don't know if you saw the comment. Mm-hmm. And obviously you don't know Nick Saban personally, but do you? would you think that that was a, a shot? Uh, yeah, indirect shot. Probably uh, just to, you know how you can like overcompensate for things? Mm-hmm. Right. Probably maybe a little bit of that too. But you know, it's a whole different program. So he could say, Absolutely. Say, ain't nothing going to happen. Right. Absolutely. Is the the player any good? I mean, he's going to Alabama. (laughs) You know what? Well, that's, I was reading an article. I was reading an article. I'm sure he was one of the top rated at his position, if not. No, you know, I mean, that's what Alabama does, right? Oh, he he didn't, he didn't get, he didn't play yet. No, no. He was supposed to be, right. He, right. He was an incoming. Freshmen, maybe you know how sometimes in football, like they'll enroll early, like in the spring, so they can do like you know play in the spring and do all that stuff like that. Oh, so I, what's that? That don't even count yet. Right, right, but but you know, and that's I was reading an article about it, and they were saying, yeah, like the kid was a good player, but at the end of the day, it's Alabama, so they always have good guys. So it's not like you know, you know, they have another dude that's ranked at the top. They keep <laughs> him from the, indefinite from the program, but he's right. Still- 
Right. So that well, I, maybe they have to do that because you know the legal process hasn't played itself out yet. We're right. He's suspended indefinitely. Right. So now the question is, well, it's two things. If Nick Saban, you know, like I said, I don't know what their relationship is, but do you think if he took a shot at him, do you think it was, hey, this is I'm just speaking my truth and I'm going to let it be known regardless of what the relationships are? Because I'm sure the president of the school wasn't happy that he made a comment like that. I'm sure the athletic director wasn't happy that he made a comment like that. But again, he's Nick Saban. What are they really going to do? Now, was it a morality thing why he said that? And of course, you would hope that he's not, you know, for people getting shot and killed. Right. But do you also think maybe it was a way to distance his program from Alabama basketball? Obviously, Alabama football has their own brand. But if he says, hey, look, man, I'm not that type of coach. I'm not with that. So if one of my kids get in trouble, I'm not doing what them dudes are doing. So does is that maybe like to you know, for his recruiting or just whatever, you know, to distance himself from the basketball program. It could be a little shade. It could be a little, he might, he might have beef with the, with the, um, what do you call them people? With the, with the, what do you call the people in the school? The administration? Administration, yeah, administration, might, right. I mean, it might be a dig at them too, because, you know, just because right. they're in the same school don't mean that they all get along. For sure. Absolutely. And, and I, don't, I don't know. It's just interesting though. I, I mean, I don't know. He's at the age. He can do what he wants to say, what he wants. They ain't going to do nothing. Right. But, you know, I don't know. Now, now, again, he's created a legacy and he's obviously, you know, he's tremendous. Right. But Alabama has, a, you know, they're all about national championships and they haven't won one in a couple of years. And now here you've got the basketball team, you know, number one overall seed. You know what I mean? Like not to say that Alabama basketball is going to leapfrog. Um, Alabama football, like we just know that's not happening, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We all. I'm looking at every article saying that he's throwing shade at the coach. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so I'm saying, right, like you know, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it um. You drove 141 miles per hour trying to evade the police. Whew, there you go. Yeah, he well, he was riding dirty, you know. Jesus. Got a gun. Got weight. Got scales. You know, he was, you know. He 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 was moving some stuff, so yeah. So then 141. Sheesh. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. They said he that's had a... drugs, weapon, cash in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scales. Yeah, yeah. So he he he's he. I mean, like you said, he's it's um it's an indefinite suspension. But I mean, if they got him all on all of that, and he's doing 141 and a gun, and yeah, I mean, he's. You know, you hope he has a good lawyer, but it sounds like he might be uh he got some bigger, you know, things to deal with than um than football, that's for sure. Football and going to college. So Yeah, but I mean, why doesn't he get the same chance as homeboy get? Is it because he's not as talented or they're both black? Well, which one which one are you talking about though? The one that actually shot the kid, shot the the, the young lady, or the one the the one that brought the gun? The the but well, actually the guy that shot him, he was hurt. He was right. Like, so he but so he was so right. He was either red shirting or right. Or he tore he had I mean, either torn his ACL or something, but so he was probably going to be a red shirt. But when that happened, he was still part of the team. So they when, got rid of him immediately. Uh, oh yeah, immediately. Immediately he was out. Right. So right. He wasn't playing and he's not a lottery pick. So yeah, he was out of there real quick. But you know, and it is true. You know, I was reading an article today that Brandon Miller has not been charged. He hasn't oh. been. But right, well, not at this point. I mean, what, what are you going to, unless some 
other facts come out, some video surfaces or something, or, you know, they, they find something else out. Somebody else steps forward and says something and maybe they have to bring him back in. But yeah, I mean, from what they're saying, they did the investigation and yeah, they're not charging them. So, and you know, when you look at it from that perspective, right. Obviously Alabama's having a great season and it is all Alabama and I get all of that. But do you think that he's getting, you know, Alabama football, because I'm saying it like this, Alabama football is the is the thing, right? So if one of those kids gets in trouble, you could see them maybe getting off for it. But now this kid that did 140 and all of that, he may not be getting off. Even though Brandon Miller's a lottery pick in Alabama basketball is doing well, do you think it could be a case that maybe they're looking the other way because he's doing so well? Because it, the thing is, is it's like they might, but do they really care that much about basketball down there? Everybody likes winning, but do they care enough about basketball to look the other way of someone being involved in a, a homicide? Do they like Alabama basketball that much? Or is it legit? Okay, they're saying that. Missing, missing a big component of that. What's, what is that? They could possibly win the national championship. Yeah, I get, I get that, I get that. But I'm saying the people involved, did it, like Nate Oates, it, like he, Nate Oates is not Nick Saban. You know what I'm saying? He don't have the same connections. He doesn't have the same juice down there. Alabama basketball doesn't have the same juice. Yes, they can win a national championship. It's still not Alabama football. You know what I'm saying? It's just like Duke football. If like a Duke football player does something. Yeah, or a North Carolina football player. Okay, yeah, you can do that, and you go to North Carolina, you go to Duke, but it's not the same as a Duke. Ba- you know, you're not still not Coach K. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You don't have that juice. So that's why I'm saying maybe it's legitimate that Brandon that the charges or whatever that they said. Look, we legit don't have anything to do anything to this kid. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, but I, I, I would I would say that they it's a little uh, home cooking going on. I mean, why would you? Not why, but why, yeah, like why would you want to jeopardize? I get it. Career would be jeopardized. Alabama program would be jeopardized. I get it. You know, and it, and it, it could be some unwarranted heat on Nick Saban just having to be a part of that and having to answer those questions. He probably tired of that too. That's what that, and that's what I'm. That's what I was saying before. That's what I think might have been his reaction to, because otherwise he could have easily just said, "I have no comment. I don't know what's going on." I don't, you know what I mean? I, I wish everybody well. I'm sorry the young lady got killed, but I really don't know. You know, he kind of. Because he offered that. Right, right. He tried, he drew the law in the sand, the, drew the line in the sand. We don't do that over, <laughs> over here. He made I, it like that. Right. We don't do that. Right, right. We don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So, they had some players that got into some shit. Sure. They should do it. Right. But now we're talking about what type of culture is it over there where they have access to all that stuff that's listen you guys what I'm saying? i absolutely do i absolutely do and again like like i like we spoke on the last week i don't know why which what y'all are doing and who y'all hanging out with and why y'all involved in that stuff just go to a, a nice college party where nobody had got a gun and and listen to some music and dance and have fun and go back to your room like you know what i'm saying like like you're in college man you ain't got to be involved in all of that Forget about the fact that you're a basketball player, football player. You're in college. Go to a college party. Have some fun. Go back to your room. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, life is simple. Like, listen, these guys don't know. I mean, I guess they, you know, they know how good they have it. But in a way, it's like, yo, man, you're in college. Yo, have fun. It's the best time of your life. Why, <laughs> why are you dealing with all this other stuff? Have fun, man. That's what college is for. 
But well, you know, you're supposed to be doing schoolwork, but face to face of ball. But but all right. Well, we'll we'll take a uh, we'll take a quick break here um, for halftime, and then uh, after the break, we'll come back with more on Live by the Three Sports Podcast with Tyler and Coach Matt. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's your girl Chrissy here to let you know that the Even Rush Network now has an app. Yes, an app, you guys. So you can stay connected on the go and watch all your favorite podcast shows. You can download the app at Google Play Store or Apple iTunes. So spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, if you're looking to start a podcast and really don't know how, well, hit us up at the Even Rush Network at gmail.com and inquire about time stops, pricings, and everything you may need to get started. We got you. Join the winning team, the Even Rush Network. And also, download that app. What are you waiting for? <laughs> get to it. We're back. We're back with Live by the Three Sports Podcast on the Evening Rush Network. So one thing we didn't um, touch on, but, you know, it kind of revolves around college sports and college athletics was, um, you know, now is the time of year, um, more so for basketball. Football had their coaching carousel going on, um, you know, obviously earlier in the year after the the football season. And, um, and now it's basketball time where, you know, now you see that coaching carousel start to spin. Coaches are losing their jobs. Coaches are replacing other coaches and moving into other positions up, down, laterally, all around. And um, it does pose an interesting dynamic now when coaches come into a program and that program either has high expectations. Well, all programs are going to have expectations. But when a new coach comes in, he can approach it in a couple of different ways he can come in and kind of embrace the young men that are in the program and say hey i want to work with you guys i want to you know help you guys out to be the best you can be and you know you guys have been a part of this program and i might be becoming the coach because you guys haven't been as successful as maybe the expectations of the school and the administration and the fan base are expecting it could that could be the reason or it could be that your coach left for, you know, to take another position and now a new coach is being hired. So it's not always coming from a losing culture or things like that. And you see that, um, for instance, like, say, the Georgetown and Providence situation with Ed Cooley going from Providence to Georgetown. So uh, Providence hired a new coach with uh, Kim English, who's not um, who was at George Mason. But Providence has been doing well the last few years with Ed Cooley Same thing with uh, Iona. You know, with Tobin Anderson from FDU getting that job, you know, Iona's been doing great with Rick Patino. So it's not always that you're coming into a losing culture. But in the Colorado situation with Coach Prime, it was 
in the St. John's situation, not a total losing, but maybe the expectations, you know, weren't um, being met to the satisfaction of the administration, the fan base, whatever the case, you know, fair or unfair, that is the, um, the stated reason as to why a, a move was made, right? But those Coach Prime and Rick Patino were uh, very outspoken about, you know, hey, listen, when I'm coming in, a lot of people are not going to be here because it's not going to be a good fit for them. It's not going to be a good fit for me. And they should move on. Right. So what is your feelings about that? Do you feel that it's right or fair, whatever, however you want to describe it, for when a coach takes over a program? to come in should he embrace the kids that are there and and try to work with them and see what's going on or whatever the case is and you know yeah maybe you might have some honest conversation with kids but be more i guess um come in you know with a sense of you know hey listen i want to try to work with you people you know with these young people and do that type of thing or should you just come in yo man listen this ain't for you Go kick rocks. <laughs> We're going in a different direction. Now they're telling them the truth and they're giving them an op, you know, and they're telling them, hey man, listen, the transfer portal's open. Put your name in it. People are looking for other players. You can find another opportunity. But you know, I haven't even met you yet. I've never seen you on the court personally. But yeah, this ain't for you. So go ahead. What, what's your and you were you were a, a college athlete. So let me pose it this way. If you did you well, did you have a coaching change while you were um were you playing? Okay, so you had the same coach. So, but let's you know pretend for argument's sake, if you were playing, you're a say you're you're a sophomore going to your junior year, so you're right down the middle, and a new coach comes in the program. Would you appreciate it if he came in and said, "Hey, I want to try to work with you, see what's going on, get a feel for everybody." And then maybe two, three months after he gets to know you, says, I don't know if this is a good fit. And then you have to make a decision and do what you want to do. Or would you prefer it if a coach day one said, yo, man, nah, this ain't for you. You know, go go find another school. How 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 would you have been preferred to have been dealt with? Probably the, the latter. Okay. Okay. It's just it's 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 hard because I think everything is based off of levels. Right. So based off the level of coach you are, you're going to buy a certain amount of things. So like if you coming in a new coach, you don't have the luxury of telling people, no, nah, I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you. Mm-hmm. But uh, like a, I said, Rick Pitino, mm-hmm. you can say that because you know what you're bringing in. Right. You know what you're attracting. You know mm-hmm. exactly what you want to succeed, what you think you need to succeed. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he did the research on what was there and was like, nah, dude, this is not it. Mm-hmm. This is a program. Because Ultimately, yes, St. John's um, name is on the line, but his name is on the line as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's so true. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it's necessarily. I mean, sometimes it is what it is. It mm-hmm. happens in in the real world. Someone comes in, you get a new director, you get a new boss. Yeah, you probably was doing good under the old regime, but mm-hmm. I'm bringing my people in because I know how I work and I know how I want my people to work, and I know they can do what I need them to do. It's cruel. It yeah, kind of cool, but I mean, the reality is like, yo, listen, coaches change. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, and it could work both ways. Like, he could really want them, and they could decide to leave. They could be like, nah, Rick, united for me, right? Going to Iowa, mm-hmm. right? You know what right. I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. just, it's, it's just, it's just business. You know what I'm saying? When you per- like, when you asked me that question, I was thinking to myself when I was younger, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, hold up, I've been in school two years. I got a right. family, you know, mm-hmm. friends, and now I got to go. 
somewhere else. Mm-hmm, right. You know what I'm saying? I probably wouldn't yeah. even know how to emotionally deal with that at the exactly. point. Exactly. You ain't gonna make it. What do you mean? And, and that's what I'm saying. But that's but that's what I'm saying. But that's what that, but that's the population you're dealing with. No, no, but I'm you're saying dealing like, with young people. How would you say to me, I can't I ain't cutting it, but I've been cutting it for two years. Right, right. Or you haven't even met me yet. How do you know? Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe I would respond, you know, and that's the that's the tough part, right? I see it two ways. Like, yes, like, you know, it is it's cruel, it's harsh, it's business, it's all of those things. The one thing that bothers me a little bit, though, and but, you know, we all know how the game is played. I hate the way they say, like, oh, the coach comes in and he's taking such and such a scholarship. I, You know, I'd like to dispel that right now. There's no such thing. A coach cannot come in and take somebody's scholarship unless the kid either is ineligible, has been getting in trouble in school or. Like, well, not doing, you know, you know, ineligible, get in trouble on campus where it's like, you know, disciplinary things or something like that. Or they render themselves ineligible because they break some amateurism rule or they fail a drug test, something like that. You can't take somebody's scholarship. If they, you can't, that's the rule. Now, you used to be able to do that. I mean, right, you can't manipulate that unofficially to take no, somebody. No, no, you can't. Now, no, well, no, because what happens is if the kid really wants to stay at the school, they can appeal it and say, "Listen, I don't want to give up my scholarship. I want to be here. I haven't done anything to have my because you cannot base it on athletic ability and you can't um, base it on um, injury. So, for instance, like my father, my father played at Furman. Right, he's a good player." He went to the NIT his junior year. He played in Jugo for two years, went to Furman. They made playing in the NIT. He comes home back to New York, rips his knee up. Now, this is in the 60s, early 70s. So there was, you know, ACL, you know, ACL back then, you're done. Like that's it. That's it, right? So he messes his knee up in the summer. Scholarship done. He's just home now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, you oh our coach, I ripped up my knee. Okay. Don't come back. That's it. This is scholarships year to year, though, right? You got to renew every year. You have, yes, you have to sign it every year. And then there's some schools that actually did the four years. But again, all that is is it's a year to year review process, not a year to year. Either you're keeping your scholarship or you're not. It's a year to year review process. So every, so basically, what it is is every year the coach can say, okay, if they want to, I want to reduce or take away this person's scholarship and they have to have documented reasons why. And the documented reasons have to come down to, like I said, either they're not doing well in school and they're, you know, having academic issues. They're having either legal troubles on campus or off campus that's documented or they're doing something to make themselves ineligible, like, you know, taking money. You know, now NIL, all of that is muddied. Right. But those are the reasons why you can take it. Technically, the kid can say, coach, I don't want to leave. And I want to stay here. I want to keep my scholarship. If the kid decides that, you can say, okay, you're not on the team, but you're just going to have to eat that scholarship. Because the kid can say, look, I'm, I'll come to practice. I'll show up to weightlifting. I'll show up to this. I'll do everything that you want me to do. I want to be here and keep my scholarship. So if the kid does that, you got to eat that. You know what I'm saying? So what coaches do is they try to make it uncomfortable or they just hope that and most 99.9% of the kids are competitive to the point where they say, I want to continue to play. So if this guy tells me I'm not playing and I'm not really going to be a part of what's going on, 
then I'm going to leave and go somewhere else where I will feel like I'm a part of the team. But it may say, oh, they're taking a scholarship. They're really not if you really get down to it. That's a choice that the kid ends up making. Now, is it an uncomfortable choice and a choice that they don't want to make, whether it's playing or not playing? Yes, but they can still continue to go to school and graduate if they want to. So that's one point of distinction you know, I always try to make when people get into these conversations about how messed it up, messed up it is. And it's not that it's not messed up, but at the end of the day, if the kid says, yo, I want to stay in school and I want to graduate from this school that I had a scholarship for, and they haven't done anything wrong academically or anything like that, they can keep their scholarship and stay in school. So I just like to point that out. But when the coach, like you said, like Rick Patino comes in or Coach Prime and they know what they want and they're going to, you know, put, you know, drop the line in the sand, like we're over here. This is what we're doing. And you're not a part of this with the transfer portal and stuff like that. I guess it does make it a little bit better for that kid to know that up front so now they're in the transfer portal and they're, you know so while there's still opportunities to get another scholarship to go to another school it's all you know it's a good thing for them so i you know like you said as harsh harsh as it is it probably is a little bit of a better way you know you would like to kumbaya it and say hey man you know i'm gonna embrace you guys and let's see what, if we can work together first and then if it doesn't work then you know i'll try to help you find a better situation for you you wish that it would come you know kind of happen like that but you know like i said it's big business and it's high expectations so maybe you got to come in with the come in with the hatchet instead of the scalpel as they as they say so you know that that's the way a lot of these situations end up going but you know but um yeah it's it's it's, it's tough so you know and um so let's you know so so we good with the tournament so let's you know let's just uh recap that so um how we doing how we doing on these games what's going on in the kansas state game Kansas State was up two at 19 seconds. Ooh, rolling. He's trying to go to the Ross eight. Tied up with six seconds left. Ooh. Hey, Tom Izzo, man. One of the best to ever do it. One of the best to ever do it. He's not gonna, he's not gonna go down without a, you know, without a fight. Damn. And UConn's just rolling on Arkansas. Wait, now let me ask you a question. And you know, we don't talk about the racial and you know implications of stuff on here a lot, but you know, let's just have you seen the and I don't I don't have anything against him. I just, you know, full disclosure. I got nothing against him. I think he does a good job. I think he's a good coach. I like the excitement and all that. I'm talking about the coach from um Arkansas, um uh, Muscleman. I think it's Eric is his first name, Muscleman. But he's what he say? He says I'm crazy? No, but every, when they win a big game, he takes his shirt off and runs into the crowd. Oh, that's what's, what's wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I think it's great. But do you devil's advocate, do you think if a minority coach did the same thing it would be looked at the same way as far as hey he's just having fun look the other way you know hey it's great he's showing excitement enthusiasm and all of that or do black do you think black coaches are held to a different standard or minority coaches are held to a different standard where they have to you know maintain their professionalism and if they were to do something like that it would be taken differently as far as you know he married to a black woman right yes i do know that he's black he's kind of black so okay maybe 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 so, i don't know because he's who he is he didn't get no backlash for doing that i don't think i don't i mean okay let me say this i'm not gonna say they're gonna fire him over it you know I don't, that may be a little bit extreme but i don't know if he got any pushback from his administration 
the sports writers the talk you know the people that that media that either create or push or just deliver a narrative whichever however you want to describe it they don't seem to make a, a big deal out of it they're not saying oh this is unprofessional and what is he doing and you know now maybe there might be one person out here but that doesn't it doesn't seem to be a narrative that's out there it's just like hey he's having fun he's enjoying it you know it's great he's in the student section with his shirt off and that's his thing and it shows how into it he is and he's with the people and community all of that I just get curious that if a black coach would do the same thing, if it would be taken the same way, would it be say, oh, he doesn't, you know, he's not respecting the game or he's unprofessional or, you know, how's he going to have the respect of his players when he's doing, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if a black coach was to do that, if it would be taken exactly the same way. You don't think Dion does stuff like that? Not take necessarily it. take the shirt off, but do things that would warrant those type of comments based off of unprofessional. Not professional, but like, you know, how he be dancing, you know, with his music, how he deal with his players, that it's not traditional. I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's a there's a fine line. Yes, I mean, there's not definitely a team, But we'll go into the conversation, like, you know, most coaches don't do so. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm okay. saying? All right. All right. So my man, Ock, former Division I uh, head coach at UMBC, my best man in my med, uh, best win in my medin, that's my man. He said for black coaches it would be okay until the first losing streak. It's fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're taking your shirt off, you better be winning, but <laughs> that's, just, that's for sure. That's for damn sure. You better be winning, you know what I mean? If you if you're doing that, but I'll, you know, from the way this score is looking, I don't know if he's gonna be taking his shirt off today because they're down 25 in the second half. So, you know, and now listen, God bless them if they pull that one out, but you know, it's not looking too good at this at this juncture. Um, so then, um, any, do you, now, okay. So we got this, you got, um, so let's, let, well, let's talk about who, you know, tonight we got, a you know, real quick, we'll go through it. Florida Atlantic and Tennessee. You think Florida Atlantic keeps on their, uh, on their magic run There's you know, there's usually always one in the tournament and Florida Atlantic might be it. You think they, uh, they, they got Tennessee. Yeah, I would go with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I know you like the Gonzaga UCLA matchup. Who you like in that one? I'm going to go with the Zags. Oh, okay. 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 UCLA is good, man. And they got a complete team. You know, Gonzaga, you know, Gonzaga's always good. I mean, that's a pick 'em, you know. I'll go with UCLA just to be different. So we won't say we won't say the same thing. All right. Then with tomorrow, we got San Diego State and Alabama. San Diego State obviously has been playing well. They're in the sweet 16. You think they keep rolling or you think Alabama got them? That's over. Bama got them. All right. We got Houston against Miami. That's tough. That's a tough one. Like Miami, I like Miami. My old coach is coach in Miami. Who's that? Jim Laranega. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know, but I think Houston's a better team. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Uh, my dad played in a couple All Star games with uh, with Laranega back in the back in the Dizzy, as they say. All right, now you got Princeton, Creighton, Princeton, another one. Princeton, you, know, you gonna go? With Creighton? <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not a believer. It's, it's over. I believe it, but Creighton is a little more disciplined than Missouri. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't know if they're gonna rock them to sleep like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And you got Xavier, Texas. Xavier, Texas. Texas. Okay. 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 All right. All right. All right. So we got that. Okay. All right. So we got about ten minutes left. So. Yo, so hold on, sir. Just yes, sir. Moves. Y'all might get. Y'all might be getting Zeke. Who's that? It might be getting Zeke Elliott. I did see that. I did see that, that they were talking. Listen, man, like, 
They got McCurl Herbie. Honestly, they're at the at this point, the Jets are just taking everybody. They're talking about we're gonna get Ezekiel Elliott. They're talking about we might be signing uh supposedly that it's uh, at least from reports, they're saying it's serious talks with Odell Beckham. I thought it was just like a, just a thing. I think all year. What's that? I think he's going to the Chiefs. Is that? I, listen, he wants twenty million. We just got Nicole Hardman from the, from the. Um, That's from a nice the, pickup. Yeah. So okay. So now that does you know not to say if McCole Hardman was there they wouldn't take Odell. I'm not saying that, but that does open the door. Another slot receiver, whatever. But it's like at this point, man, it's like we're just talking to everybody, which I'm not against it. But it's just like, come on, man. Like now, you know, oh, you know, this dude's coming off with two uh, two ACLs and it's not even about the money. Like it's just we to me, we're just making that classic back page. Not that Odell Beckham is not a good player. I'm not saying that, but it's just like now we're just doing stuff just to create waves and headlines like. You know what I mean? Like now we're gonna bring in Ezekiel again. Not saying he's a bad player, but it's just like, are we really trying to build a team? Or are we just trying to just sign everybody that has a little well, bit of a name? But he can help you out a lot. It, the only the issue that I have with it is, and you know, I might get criticized for this. I feel like up until like two months ago, we had a plan, right? Like we're gonna build through the draft. We're going to get, we get these young, exciting players, you know what I'm saying, in the building, and we're going to have, like, a vision for, like, long-term success, right? We get mm-hmm. – I got a guy that's an offensive play, you know, uh, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. The kid, Brees Hall, that was a running back, would have been the offensive player of the year before he gets hurt. You know what I mean? So you start to see the, the, the plan come together, and, you know, we got these good young players. We got all these draft picks. We, you know, I mean, we're making some smart free agency moves and we're signing guys at good value that are productive. And, you know, I mean, you see the, the vision and it's like, OK, we can set this thing up for long term success. And then it's just you go from doing all of that to now right back to the same Mets, Nets, Jets oh. thing. Just burn it all down. Get rid of the good young players. Okay. And even if you're not necessarily getting rid of them, but just minimize them, because now. Okay, we got Garrett Wilson. He's an offensive player, to, you know, offensive rookie of the year. But now you got Odell Beckham on the other side. Who's winning that? Yo, I want my touches. The rookie or Odell? Like, like, what are we doing? They're going to bow down. He's going to respect Odell Beckham. Look at uh, that's what I, and that's what I'm saying. So why do we do all? Why do we do all of this then? Because you know what? Part of it is just adapting. They never thought they was going to be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Now they get Aaron Rodgers. Now you got to build a team. The running back you had, what's his name? Reese Hall, 463 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, in like six or seven weeks. But Zeke had nine, almost 900 yards, 12 touchdowns. Just the presence alone is going to help y'all. You don't think so? Well, you played seven Everything. Games. No, 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 no. And this yeah. is the pro- What'd you say? Yeah, he, he played well. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. In history, has it ever worked for the Mets, the Nets, and the Jets? Every time when they say, okay, yeah, we have a good young nucleus and we're doing all right with those guys and we see the future. And then every time the Mets, the Nets, and the Jets burn it all down and just say, no, we're going to get this, works, this, so. superstar, this superstar that's past their prime. We're going to get this superstar that's past their prime. We're going to get this superstar that's past the time. Yeah, they're exciting names. They sell tickets. It looks great on the back page. It's all this hoopla. Has it worked? 
for any would, of those franchises. For the Nets, I would say it worked for the Nets. How? When they signed when they signed Kevin Garnett and um and uh and and Paul Pearson. Okay. I'm then, about so, with KD and all of them. Like they was it like, still they, didn't work. No, this is no, it, it was work. it did work. They just Kyrie got hurt. It's that's what I'm saying. It's but the karma that's, of that's it. The fault of the, the organization. Kyrie got hurt off a dirty play. They was up it's by the, like 50. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't work. That's that's what I'm just what I'm yeah, saying. That's the management's fault. I'm not that's saying it's any, out. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. I'm just saying it's just when you do it, it just for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. When the Mets do it, they have good young talent, and that's what you know. When it's not them grabbing the superstars, when they do it, that's when they go in their run. The minute they say we're going to perfect example, we didn't get we, we, something you wanted to talk about. They signed this big name player. Right, spend a lot of money on him, and then he gets hurt celebrating in the WBC. Again, I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not saying it's management's fault. I'm just saying when they do it, it doesn't work. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more mad. Not that he got hurt celebrating, is that they lost the next games. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, so right, we, so right, exactly. Well, of course, he's one of their better players. He got hurt, but that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Like it, just, for whatever you can call it, karma. You can whatever you want to call it. It just it it. Just, Brett Favre, when the Jets got Brett, we traded away Chad Pennington. He was a good quarterback for us. He got hurt a lot, and he wasn't a superstar, but he was a good, solid quarterback. We were in AFC Championship games when he was healthy. We were, you know, we were a good, formidable team. They get rid of him to bring Brett Favre in. It looks great. We got Brett Favre, the Hall of Famer, Green Bay Packer, all of that. We end up going, we're eight and three to start the year. Every, oh, uh, and then he gets hurt and then he leaves to go to, it just, that's what I'm saying. Every time, you, yeah, it looks good on paper. It sounds good. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. It doesn't happen for whatever reason. It just doesn't. That's, that's the problem. I mean, yeah. you, you would know more about the Jets than I would because you lead Jets. But, yeah, but but I see it, but I see it. that's the thing I see it with the other teams too. The Yankees when they do it, when they go and spend money on 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 getting somebody, it works. When they try to slow walk it, it doesn't necessarily work for them. The Knicks, when they try to slow walk it, it doesn't work for them. The the um the, the Giants, when they try to slow walk it, it now that now the Giants are good now and they could fall in the trap too. Right. They're like, yo, we made the playoffs. We got a good little nucleus. You know what? Let's not mess this up. Let's just keep adding pieces and build on what we have. They're not burnt. They had a good year. They could. Why, so perfect. Which is which what you said. How come the Giants right now aren't saying, oh, look, look what we did with the dudes that we got. We made it past the first round of the playoffs with this team. So we could take what we have now and just burn it all down and just grab every big name free agent that's out there. They're not doing that. They're like, yo, no, no, no. We think we got a formula with what we have. We'll add some pieces, but we're not going to burn the whole thing down because we're in and, and say or get greedy like right away. Like, oh, yeah, now now we're going to make the playoffs. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But they could have done the same thing. How come they're not trying to get Lamar Jackson or trying to get, you know, they like resigned, they, they resigned Daniel Jones. Because they don't have a quarterback problem. But but you would say okay, but I'm not a Giants fan, but you would say from what the Giants accomplished last year, do you think that they, okay, on paper, it might have been you would look at them and say, "Well, if shoot, Daniel Jones is just okay, but the rest of these guys are all right. So why don't they get rid of Daniel Jones and add one of these big names?" You know what I'm saying? Wow, big- you got a young quarterback that took it to the play. So you, was, we only got like a minute left. Yeah. No, no disrespect, right? Yes. You speak it as if the Jets have a nucleus. They do. 
They do. They do. They do. They do. Okay. And again, I'm not against the Aaron Rodgers thing, but to me now it's going too like because like I said, if we just made the Aaron Rodgers move and add a couple little pieces here and there, I've been fine with it. But now we're just back to the same thing. Now we're talking about we're gonna get Aaron Rodgers okay. and Ezekiel Elliott okay. and Odell Beckham. Like, Real come quick. on, man. Real quick, would you rather keep the nucleus you have now or Aaron Rodgers with the people that he wants? I in my heart of hearts. I don't believe that doing it this way is going to work. I well, just don't. It's well, not. It ain't working either way. You got to try something. But I know that the way they they always try to do it with the back page signings, as far as like, oh yeah, we're gonna sell more tickets now, and it's gonna be hype. We got the Jets got Odell Beckham. They've got Ezekiel Elliott. They got Aaron Rodgers. It's all gonna sound good, and it makes the crash even worse. And then. That's when the jokes really come. Oh, but, and we get crashed, but listen, y'all crashed it right into familiar territory. Y'all know the numbers to call. Nah, it's worse. It's y'all, worse. It's I, worse. I FDNY by name. You know, EMA, but it, honestly, hey, Billy, we need you. Come get us. But it's no, it ends up being worse because everybody's looking at it like, damn, y'all lost it. Y'all had I listen. I hope I'm wrong. That's it. That's the thing I always say. I don't, it's not, I don't want to be right. I'm just telling you how I feel. I don't see it working if we go this route that it seems that we're going to go. I'll have no choice but to go along with it because that's my crew. And I'll be listening. When we're winning, I'll be celebrating and talking my stuff to other people. And then when it all crashes and burns, I'll have I'll take it all because, you know, that's my squad. But I'm just I was happy with the direction we're going. I'm not sure how I feel about this direction we're going. It sounds good on paper, all that. If I'm playing Madden and I got Aaron Rodgers and Beckham and all of that, yeah, I'm going to go for Madden. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. It all sounds good until the locker room falls apart. He's talking about the coach, the play, you know, uh, the young players are mad at the older players because they do it, it, it. And it turns into a circus and the media loves it, especially talking about the Jets. They love it. Oh, when the Jets yeah. fall apart. What's that? Kansas State up by five. One second. That's one second to go. Let's wrap this up before we get. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But now, great show, man. Great show, man. So, um, you know. So yeah. So looking forward to another great uh, weekend of um of March Madness, and uh, by next week we'll be down to the Final Four. So yeah, but it won't be. uh, Is it next week? I think it's a final week, but yeah, now we'll be down to the final four by that by next week. So that'll be exciting. But um, yeah, so so this is uh coach Matt and Tyler signing off live by the three sports podcast. Please, everybody, please subscribe to um, you know, the, the Instagram and the, the app and all that to keep following us. And we appreciate the support. And we'll get with y'all next week. Have a great week and weekend. Peace.